Salutations, friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Recap Book Chat. My name is Kate, and this is my mom, Sheila. And we are just so excited that you're with us today. And I wanted to share a quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I am part of everything that I have read. What have you been reading? We'll share with you what we've been reading and what's at the top of our book stack. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We have just finished a book called The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. And it was written in 2018. And it was, man, it's a good read, but it is intense. I would say that's the word I would use, intense. Very. I had... um... So Ashley Skipper told me it was good. And then so did um, Angela Peterson. I had two people say, oh, it's a wonderful book and didn't say anything more. So I was kind of, yeah, it's intense. It's intense. Those guys, I'm like, what? It's an emotional roller coaster. Give us the the setting of it. Give us the, the, what, what the book is about. Well, I will set, yeah, I can set the setting because I was alive during this time and you weren't. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, So it is like um, after Vietnam, the time period is, was it the 70s? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. And um, there's three people in the family. Lenny Albright is kind of from her perspective and she starts out, she's 13 and they were living in Washington. But apparently when her dad came back from the war, he was a prisoner of war and his name is Ernst. When, when they came back, he, he's messed up. He's just really messed up. And then Cora, the mom, she's, um, I would call what they have between them a toxic love. It's kind of a toxic love. And so growing up in the middle of that is Lenny who turns to books and she has some really good quotes uh, about her books. Cause you know, she said like most people um, and she does cameras and books. She loves taking pictures. And then, um, but book, books are mile markers of my life. Books have been my safe place and whoa. And, and, and she just, you know, the toughness and the, so anyway, the dad got, uh, had a buddy, I think his name was Bo. He died, he was killed in um, the war and he gave him a, a plot of um, a piece of land in Alaska. And so they go in a VW wagon to Alaska. They make that journey. I mean, of course, obviously uh, they have no money either. So that's, that's part of the problem. So what do you, what do you take it for? Oh, it's during the Patty Hearst and some people may not even know who Patty Hearst is, but so she did her research in that, that she's talking about things that actually did. This is because there was a real popular movie when I was a teenager and it was called Love Story and that's in the book. And, the, and there was posters everywhere of Love Story and it said, love means never having to say you're sorry. You know, I was like 15 and I'm saying, I, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Because I think you should say you're sorry. Yeah. But I was uh, 
yeah, and she mentions Ted Bundy, the, Patty Hearst, the Vietnam War, and they lived on a commune while the dad was in Vietnam. Oh, so the, so you you forgot to mention too. So the mom or Cora, she, she got pregnant when she was sixteen, and so and then she ran away and married Ernst. So there's there's dissension between like her parents wanted her to give the baby up for adoption and not go with Ernst, but she disobeyed and then. So then she couldn't go back to them when he's gone and she needed help. So she ended up going to a commune for a while and was kind of a hippie. So her mom, mm-hmm. I would say that is kind of a free spirit, but, but then she's a, a very, I don't know. She, she's kind of, a, she, she's a conundrum in some sense because she's a free spirit and all of that, but she's very dependent on Ernst, but she's very, she seems frail, but she's very strong. So there's a weird mixture there. Well, and the thing about um, the thing about Cora that kind of she sets him off a lot of times. So it's like it's like this. Um, she needs him to be jealous. He's insanely jealous. She flirts on purpose mm-hmm. because she mm-hmm. needs him to be jealous. So that's the part that I mean I really didn't understand. And that like they fight and bicker, and so that's what Lin- Lenny grows up in that. You know, and so, I and apparently, the books help her, and the camera helps her. And the dad's abusive to the mom, but the mom's able to hide it until they get to Alaska, because the darkness, you know, because it's it's bright most of the year, half of the year, and then it's dark half of the year. But There's- you grow to love the people of the town. My favorite character was Large March, and that's what she—that's the name she goes by. And she is, from the day one, they come, they have nothing. And she shows up um, with her friend. They bring supplies. They help build, like, a chicken coop and pen. Help with the garden boxes because they wouldn't have survived uh, the winter without Large March, you know. And the rest of them, yeah, they all help her. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah this quote kind of sums it up. All this time, Dad had taught Lenny how dangerous the outside world was. The truth was that biggest danger, uh, that the biggest danger of all was in her own house. Cause he taught, he had this fear of uh, like, he was like a prepper gone rogue or something. He, he wanted them to be prepared for all bad things. Well, Kate, so what were some takeaways that you had from the great alone? Well, I learned, I guess my takeaway is I don't want to live in Alaska. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I don't know. It might be good to visit. Nothing against Alaska, but man, yeah, definitely a rough place to live. And uh, so I, she she did her research on that for sure because uh, there's the the just it's amazing that people have survived up there, you know. But I kind of uh, like that part. I had that. Um... My one of my takeaways from it is let people help you. And oh, help that's others. a good one. Because whenever possible, that's what God wants us to do. At points in your life, you'll either be the good Samaritan or the guy that got beat up. And mm. and they were the guys that got beat up this time. And I said, ignoring your problems doesn't make them go away. Moving doesn't get rid of their problems, but country folks pitch in. And help the women survive, whereas the city people were too busy to notice. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, and, and you just have the ups and downs uh, in in the city. I, I, I not that people wouldn't have helped them, but 
but there's a lot more distracting you. And like you said, Large Marge was wanting them to survive. Yes. And she had a history. And I mean, it, it, it's tough to read, but it also shows you the, um, and we've had other books that do that, that show you that people don't go to war in a vacuum. No soldier comes home in a vacuum. Just mm-hmm. like you've heard people say you don't sin in a vacuum. Well, you don't soldier in a vacuum either. That's true. His, his, and then the government just forgets you. Yes. You're like in the way. So uh, a, a shameless plug for another book, uh, Maisie Dobbs, that you gave me. I'm reading that one. Same thing. Same thing as in that book. This one guy, uh, he's not a main character, but he got his um, like face blown off. Oh, my goodness. And so and, and then it goes in and this is World War Two and it acts like that happens a lot. And so and these people have no place to go when they come back because they can't. I mean, if you lost a leg or something, you know, you can still go. But this they can't function. So this guy makes a retreat area for all these men that are disfigured so they can come together. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I didn't even know about that kind of thing. So, Hmm. yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, war is ugly. It's so ugly and it destroys it it destroys lives on the battlefield and when they get off, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, just, I mean, apparently, according to this book, the Ernst was a really good guy before he left, you know. Mm-hmm. But, and we can't, it never really talks about what he endured. So, no. that's left up to your imagination. But a POW in Vietnam would, it would be horrible, you know. But we have read Unbroken, so we know some stuff that, you yes, know, we, we know a little bit. It's not, it's not cushy. And we did forget to tell about uh, Matthew because when she goes to school and she doesn't really want to go to school because she's been in and out of schools, in and out of schools because yes. uh, they've moved a lot, but she meets Matthew and he loves to read and they talk about Lord of the Rings and they quote books and everything. So kind of her I, first real friend. Yeah. She's never had a friend. And I loved what she said. She said, um, love and fear, the most destructive forces on earth. Fear had turned her inside out love had made her stupid (laughs) (laughs) and matthew is a great guy he really he's a really good friend and he cares for her and um and we won't spoil anything um but i think he he ends up saving uh different times different things go on um but he he tries to be there for her when she needs you know like she's he's really good guy that's kind of his mantra he said friends friends are there for each other you know he he says that and um she just and really she's never had a friend yes her her mom kind of is her friend but she hasn't ever had a friend and this I is thought- how he described scribe books and i don't know where this was but i wrote this down in the books She'd never seen so many. They whispered to her of unexplored worlds and unmet friends. And she realized she wasn't alone in this new world. Her friends were here, spying out, waiting for her as they always had. Oh, yeah. I like this. You're talking about the, um, the, the books and the connection that they had. It's pretty, that's a, it's kind of cool because it's almost like, uh, it's an unwritten well it is a written language I guess but it's a it's 
it's it's kind of a different language. The people who read when you can, oh, definitely. you know, you, mm-hmm. you have a different, you can connect on deeper levels because you've, you've experienced something together, even though you were apart when you read it, you have a, you have a oh, similar true. experience, a shared Good experience. Mm-hmm. And so like even you can though just skip this, uh, you can just go, you know, like in Monopoly, when you go straight to jail, well, in that, you yes. go straight to a deep friendship because you, you've got that foundation and you didn't even build it. And that's what they did. Oh, we've, we've had all these shared experiences because we've read the same things. Mm-hmm. So, and they, so they I, could communicate deeply. Yes. But I do have a quote. She lifted her camera and uh, minimized her view of the world. It was how she managed her memories and how she processed the world um, with a camera, with a camera, she could crop and reframe pictures of her life. Mm. so when you know she she just likes the camera but you don't really think about that but that's why she likes it because like you could get a picture of her mom and dad and everything would appear normal oh you're right but you're cropping and you're you know what i mean it's kind of like what do people paste on facebook instagram yeah yeah instagram this one lady she said let me show you how kitchens are always clean and she just shoved everything oh That's how everything's clean. And I just died. Yeah. That's funny. And that's true, you know, and, but I could see how, because for her, for Lenny, she was kind of grieving. uh, She wanted that normalcy. She wanted a dad that was not abusive and was loving. Like she wanted, you know, um, so that was her way of kind of coping with that, that loss of him not, being a good dad really you know well we i mean i don't think this would hurt anything to say that uh cora does hide it for a long time but then one time he just beats her in the face and so large marge does know about it and large marge gives uh ernst an ultimatum you can either uh go to work on a pipeline and during the during the dark months yeah or i could kill we could kill you I really want to do the second, but, you know, and so for four years there, he went to work in the dark months on a pipeline. And so they had peace. So they, that bond grew with everyone. And yes. Uh, and she's a really good writer too. Uh, Lenny is. So yes. Matthew moved to Fairbanks and she writes him letters. So thing. So there's a, yeah, there's a tragedy that happens in his life when he's young and then there's a tragedy that happens in her life later on. And there's a tragedy to both of them. I was bawling. I, there, there's so many times I was crying throughout the book. Um, but it, but you got to finish it. If you start it, it's good. And it, it, you know, it, great ending. But yeah, I was like, yeah, we, and we won't give any spoilers. But it's intense. And you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I was blindsided. I was really blindsided. I was like, I, you could not predict any of that. So yeah, definitely Gritty. it didn't end up anything. It was funny too, because I'm like, I felt like what you talked about when large Marge gave that ultimatum and, and said, okay, well then I'm like, okay. But after that, I felt like that should be the end. It's yeah. all good. And I'm like, but I look at my book, it's like halfway at that point. And I'm like, we have a whole other half of the book. What else is going to happen? I a had no clue. Yeah. A ton, a ton happens. 
But so. I, I mean, I'm just amazed at, and, and everything kind of twists and turns and I mean, whoa. And then, then you'd think you solved a problem and then you get another problem. And then you think you solve that and you get another problem. You really can't talk about it because you'll no. give everything away. Well, I will hard. say this, that I really did like that there was a reunion with Cora's parents. So they come back into the picture. And so I did really like that, that they got to work things out, you know, because I, I didn't want any, you know, I didn't like that the way that it had left with them and how both of them, because they both had said things that they didn't, you know, that were hurtful to each other and had ultimatums for each other and all of that. It's like when they reconnected, it's, you see like, well, relationships was important, not this ultimatum I said, or, you know, it's like really you have, I don't know, it really makes you see what's important, you know. And, and is, sometimes the ultimatum is just hot air. It's not really, you know what I'm saying? Yes. They, you know, they're, they're just trying to, that's a bluff, you know. Uh, they were talking to a lady in Alaska, um, and uh, they were talking, she wasn't married, and they said, uh, I never found another man worth having. Um, you know what they say about finding a man in Alaska? The odd, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah, but not Matthew. He wasn't odd, but I thought that was funny no. because a lot. I never thought about that, but a lot of the people in Alaska at this time period, it may be different now, but this was like the seventies when there. This is we're getting a, we're either running away from something. Or, you know, they all had their own little weird quirks. Like, one guy's married to a duck or something, or a goose. Or no, yeah, yeah it's a duck. But yeah. they call him Crazy Pete. But they have, it's just, there's weird, everyone used to be someone else. Large Marge used to be a prosecutor in a big city. And everyone had, like, these places they left. And they kind of came here to live this free life, basically. Well, it's kind of like there's a quote from Hoosers, the movie, and she said, people in Hickory are either running from something or they have no place to go. Oh, good connection. That's and, a good connection. Yeah, I, w I think of that. And then because of the extreme, nature's extreme there. So it makes them bond together, you know, even, mm. you know, like if you are comfortable and everything's good, then you don't ask for help. But they, they need help and they have to reach out and uh, help each other on every occasion. You know, like there's wolves and there's, I mean, all this that she had no skills to survive out there. Mm -mm. And, and so the, the dad of Bo, the guy that died at Nam, uh, like what do they call him? Mad Earl or Crazy Earl? Or... Yeah, he, yeah, he's oh, kind of messed Earl. up from losing, he's messed up from losing his son. And so they have, he has kind of a large family. So they kind of have a compound kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And Ernst kind of gets involved with, with Mad Earl. Mad Earl kind of takes him on as a son and they kind of fuel each other with this um, negativity and hate. Yeah. They, they really, they think there's a nuclear war coming or uh, someone's going to come take over. And so they like, they make their kids practice putting guns together in the dark. And so that side is not good. Yeah, and um, then they have this unrealistic hate for Matthew's dad. Yeah, because he's the wealthiest one in town, but he'll help anybody out. But they can't, they feel that and say, oh, he's just showing, putting his money in our faces. And 
And yeah. uh, but one of my quotes I like that Cora, the mom, said to uh, Lenny when they were talking about because um, one of the reasons for the dad wanting to go up there, he was saying, "Oh, it's just getting so bad down here. All these people are being abducted, and da da da." Which was true. All those things were happening. Um, but the mom said, "A thing can be true and not the truth." Oh yes, that, I remember reading that, and, and I thought, thought "Well, that's pretty powerful." And like, because everything that he was saying, all those things were actually happening, but it, it wasn't the truth of where things were going. Like those were mm-hmm. those were bad things that happened, but it didn't mean that uh, you could just you know flush everything and everything was going to pot. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I mean, all propaganda probably had some truth in it. Oh, you're you know? right. You take that little truth and then you blow it all up and then you've got, um, you know, that was good quote. Good one. Yeah. I like that. A thing can be, a thing can be true and not the truth. So, I mean, and how many things do we, does that happen to us? Like we think are truth, but there may be like, yeah, like you said, a, a fraction of it and then we've blown it up to something bigger than it is. And that's what Ernst was doing. He was, uh, paranoid and, and, he kept saying he wanted to protect them, but really he was uh, isolating them, basically. So, well, and then it just kind of like they, like you said, they were kind of feeding off of each other. They both were bitter. They both, you know, for maybe at different places in their life, but because somewhere in there it did mention that Earl was not always that way. He was like a grandpa to everybody before. And so that we see another um, hit of war. And mm-hmm. yeah. So because of the loss of was, his son. It was like the ripples in a pond when you throw a rock in there. And it just goes out and out, out and the effects of it, you know. So what can people do? What would be the solution to that? You can't um, stop the rock from falling. No. But what can you do with the ripples? Well, I think we have to rely faith. Faith um, it would help. Uh, I just talked to your brother this morning, and he was talking about how he had to do his presentation for um, the fire that killed two kids. And at the end of that slide, or yeah, he, I think it was his last slide, he said that his faith got him through that. He said that was really hard, and it was terrible. And but he and and if we did that in Texas, it wouldn't be a big deal. But he's doing it in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. which is a place where that's not that's not in the bible belt you know he said if you talk about god people at church you're safe but if you talk about god just out uh in you know it's offensive to people mm-hmm. they find that offensive and so that didn't that didn't come up in the book but in real life that's what i would say to people you know where's your faith at, on your faith journey are, how well do you know God and, and kind of address that there? Because then the bitterness, you'll see that the reason God wants us to forgive is not for the other person. It's for you. Mm-hmm. If sure. you hold on to that, it just festers. But it's not, it's not, you know, that's why Jesus was able to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So did Stephen. What, why? Because they were focused on, on God. So and I that's the that. thing about bitterness. If you let bitterness take hold and you're so uh, bitter and all angry and all that, you will eventually become what you hate because that's what you're focused on. Yeah. So you become the monster that you originally were bitter against and hated. 
you you become that you become that whatever it is you know mm-hmm. and that that happens in the story so yeah and but i will you know you were right about as far as can you predict what's going to happen well I, I had my own predictions, but they were wrong. They were totally wrong. And then, then you make another prediction and it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of just give up. You just give up uh, predicting and then you just read. <laughs> then you just like, grab okay. your box of tissues and hang on. <laughs> Try to make it through. But no, yeah, you cannot. Is it, predictable is not a word I would use to describe this book. So it was, it was definitely unpredictable. Heavy. Heavy. But, it, was, it was a journey, but it's a journey that... Uh, it's kind of like the winter garden. Her books are, tend to be heavy. They tend to be heavy, like the four winds. That's not, mm. or the nightingale. Those aren't light reads. No, they're not. You, they're heavy. And people, she shows you people going through hard times because that's what you need because life gets hard. Life mm-hmm. gets messy. And you read this and it's good to meet that in literature. And then you just go, but it does tell you, this book shows you community and how important that is. I love that you drew that out and, and um, pulled that out from there. Cause you're so right. Huge. Uh, I mean, Lenny um, and yeah, just huge impact on her and her mom, the relationships and everything. And you know what else is interesting too, though, you have to be willing to receive it. So even, so this community, they embraced the the Albright family and you know taught them so many things how to catch how to hunt how to you know clean how to um or you know clean fish and do all these things to survive they they really did and for Lenny and Cora it just like they became part of the community but for Ernst even though he was getting they were still helping him too he never really received that you know what I'm saying not with the blessing he never he he begrudged it yeah, he never, he never like became part of the community. In I that, think that's pride. Do you think pride? Oh, maybe he totally was, pride. You know, yeah, because he wanted to know everything. He wanted to be the big cheese instead of being humble. You know, like I don't know everything, yes. but he was like, um, you know, and he was ugly to Marge. He was just downright ugly to her, but it never wavered her. Um, De- devotion to Cora and Lenny never yes and at I one know. time she, she pointed to Cora and her and Lenny's dad and she said that the, what they have is not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> so Which, Lenny needed know. to hear that yes she did I mean at one point Ernst was wanting to put um he's wanting to put grenade like set up booby traps around property um with like a where you step on it like landmines, basically homemade landmines and all this stuff um, for the, this compound of people that he was teaching. The Harlins. All this, yeah. yeah the Harlins. And they were, they were preppers, but even for them, they're like, well, that's, that seems a bit extreme. And so yeah, they were saying, when, yeah, that's, that's when the, they said no. And he couldn't hardly take that, no, you know, cause that that's when, well, Matt Earl said no. Yes. And when Mad Earl said no, that was, and so then he goes back home and he starts building this huge wall around their cabin. He's building yeah. this and it's like a, like they're going to be, you know, he keeps saying they're going to be safe, but Mar- large Marge is saying you guys won't be able to get out. Yeah. And so he saw so, that as, you yeah. know, he lost it. Yeah. That's probably the, 
you know, he, he was teetering. He was teetering mm. most of the time, you know. And when things would happen, Cora always said to Lenny, your dad loves you. Your dad loves you, you know. And I was just like, well, he, he has a strange way of showing it. <laughs> because, you know, it, I think he was... Uh, he 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 was messed up but there's other yeah. people that went to war and had that same experience and they don't come back but everybody's different just, everyone's yeah. different and everyone handles it differently and it makes you wonder what would life be have been like for them had he had the help he needed had yeah. he been able to go to counseling and or rehab or whatever and get help you know what would life have been like um and I think we know now, I think we know now, we know more now than we did then. And that's what she says, um, or there's a letter kind of at the end that's talking about um, that and is saying like, now I think they, you know, we understand what PTSD is and we understand kind of um, some of those things and, and they have more help than they, they probably still need more obviously than that what they're giving but i think they help soldiers more now than they they did in the 70s for sure so but i i do think that as a whole it's always been that politicians are very quick to send send young boys to war yes because they're not invested in it because nope you know it's not a requirement for a politician to have been in the military if yes. it were they might think twice i mean wouldn't that wouldn't you amp up your your negotiations with other countries if you thought my son might go you mm -hmm. know and they're not invested in that so that's what i mean and it wasn't even a war you know yeah. there was nothing it, it's kind of like that thing we're doing with ukraine now that's not a war for us to get in and if we get in that there's no it's not a war for mm -hmm. us we're just giving money to money we don't have we're just doing but it's just like a political thing and it doesn't even make sense. And I think that's what Vietnam was. They just kept sending people and send, and nobody was thinking about, you know, because I remember that, um, I know what Nixon's known for is Watergate, but he's the one that brought the troops home from Vietnam. And that's what he ran on, and he did bring them home. Mm. But like, you know, and they were like Ernst, a lot of them. So, but some have legs and, parts missing and all that but you're you're people you know if you read dr amen's book or amen however you say his name the brain is just like your heart your liver and other things when it's messed up nobody usually they just want to give you pills so yes. here's some antidepressants so you can you know no why are what's wrong with your brain what's the health of your brain and he scan they scan the brain there and you can change the brain you can fix a lot of things but you are, you become what you think about. And if you think negatively, what well, like Ernst did in the book, then you, you just get worse. Yes. But whoa. Yeah. Some serious, uh, serious stuff. But I think it's a really good, it's a really good book. So very intense. Like we said, if you, and if you have any issues or have had any abuse in your life, I probably would not read it. It would, it would definitely be very triggering. Um, so be forewarned if you have any any type of abuse like that in your life. But um, very, very well written, very intense. And I think it is very good for because I have not had abuse, physical abuse like that in my life. And so I think it helps me 
be able to that are in that situation and un- well, and have point. trouble yeah. leaving it so mm-hmm. yeah so you, very you'll, eye-opening you'll feel like you went through it even if you haven't it, it with, yes you read this book that's true yes And so that's a wrap on The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. And we hope that you keep those pages turning and those book lights burning. And let us know what you've been reading. And we will see you on the next one. Mm